0: Of all the boys clubs that ever clubbed, comics has got to be one of the most notorious. Long criticized for weak female protagonists and an incredibly hostile work environment for women, comic books slowly began to readjust their outlook and hiring process in the late 70s, but it has been a long and winding road of cringe-worthy moments. Yet there have always been women working in comics, regardless of whether or not they were celebrated for their work, and many of them have been game changers that quietly contributed massive amounts of material, to the medium despite a profound lack of recognition for their work along the way. One such goat was Marie Severin, who was one of the only women working at Marvel Comics through its reinvention period in the 60s. When Severin passed away last year, there was a sudden surge in recognition for much of her work that unfortunately hadn't materialized during her lifetime. Marie's father was a World War I veteran who went on to work as a designer for Elizabeth Arden. Marie was the younger sister of fellow comic artist John Severin, who was known for his work at EC and DC Comics, as well as being one of the founding artists of MAD Magazine. He also did a stint at the MAD competitor Cracked Magazine that lasted no less than 25 years, showing an incredible aptitude for parody and humor drawings that Marie would likewise become well-known for. Marie enrolled in art school for a time, but it was not to last. When her brother John informed her that the studio that helped him secure work was looking for reliable colorists, he encouraged her to apply, and she immediately got the job. This may have been a case of nepotism, but it is impossible to say that Severin didn't earn her chops. In no time, she had almost more work than she could handle. Baffled at the prospect of attending class and paying for college when she could instead be working and earning money doing the job she was studying for, Severn quit school after what she called, about a day. Much of Severin's early artistic output was through EC, a comic company that had started out as a publisher of educational children's comics, until the founder, Maxwell Gaines, died in a tragic boating accident and left the company to his son, William. Envisioning a much different company, Bill went full tilt into fantasy genres, most notably helping to establish the early horror comic anthology format with books like Vault of Horror, The Haunt of Fear, and of course, Tales from the Crypt. It was on these books, along with the company's war stories, that Marie was able to have the greatest impact combining as many highly contrasting shades as she could into a single panel. Featuring gruesome, bloody scenes of carnage, Severin's versatile, muted color palette gave a sense of consistent stylism among the titles while helping the company's horror line to establish a unique look. If you've seen those old horror comics, you know what we're talking about here. In the mid-50s, a massive campaign was brought against the comics, by a small group of writers and psychologists convinced that comic books were ruining their children's minds and turning them into juvenile delinquents. The jury's still out on that claim, but the movement gained traction due to panicked moms combined with the paranoia of the McCarthy era. And within a few years, comics were being burned in public, creators and fans were being treated like peddlers of extreme pornography, people were on trial for obscenity and corrupting the youth, and comic publishers were forced to either adapt or fold. In the case of EC, they weren't even given that choice. Targeted for the graphic content of their horror line, Gaines attempted to defend himself both in court and against his peers, whose proposal to introduce a self-policing, self-censoring board known as the Comics Code to assure parents that standards had been met seemed to specifically demand for the cancellation of most of EC's publication output. Most genre comics folded. And superhero comics survived by completely removing any edge to them and supporting a much more heteronormative and apolitical view. EC shut down and Gaines only survived as a publisher by refocusing on the smash success they had with Mad Magazine. Until Marvel began innovating with their early 60s books like The Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, there was a serious impact on sales and many publishers closed while hundreds of creators would never work again after the traumatic experience of being publicly villainized and hounded by the authorities simply for having written or drawn comic books during the early 50s. In an interview with Evening Magazine, Marie reflected on what comics meant to readers. In
1: fact, Marie says Marvel really burst forth when their writers took an unusual tack. They were kidding around and they said, let's take all the old superheroes and make modern day, and let's give them complexes, and they worry, they're, they, they're, they have the same problems as the high school kids today, and suddenly the kids started finally looking for them. Instead, of they started buying comics and saying, hey, look, the, the guy has a problem just like me, and he has his old aunt, he's worried about it, and he's paranoid, and you know, he <laughs> never has enough money.
0: After the steep decline in available work, Severin spent a couple of years bouncing from job to job and making ends meet before ultimately being hired on at Marvel where she was relegated to the production department without consideration of her experience as an artist. By chance, the publisher's regular artists were all on assignment when the company was approached by Esquire, looking for an illustrator for a story about drugs on college campuses. Despite having little knowledge on the subject matter, Severin took the job and impressed the executives, thus gaining more work through Marvel, eventually becoming their head colorist. Though much of her work through Marvel was as a colorist, she also began to take on notable penciling jobs. Short stints on Cull the Conqueror, Doctor Strange, The Hulk, and many others exceeded expectations. Although her work was generally kept in a secondary position to many of the company's male artists, looking back now, she deserved a lot more praise in her prime than she ever really got. In 1972, Severin grew weary with her work as a colorist and stepped back from the position to do more work as a penciler. Known for incredibly detailed panels, an ability to fluctuate between somber science fiction and sheer parody with ease, and for drawing unique and highly expressive characters, some of Severin's best work is from this time period, although she was seldom given the opportunities her male peers were to receive. Severin co-created some of Marvel's very strangest characters, the wild Tigra, the enigmatic Spider-Woman, and the cosmic judge known as the Living Tribunal, a character with multiple faces partially covered with loose cloth, that would pop up occasionally in Doctor Strange or Silver Surfer to put various characters on trial at random. Meanwhile, Spider-Woman and Tigra are still appearing in Avengers comics to this day. When Marvel opted to focus on a line of comics specifically aimed at children and based on pre-existing franchises, Severin headed up the line and contributed gorgeous work to comics that other creators would have likely balked at for their lowbrow status. When considering Severin's overall body of work, the penciling and inking she did during this time on books like Muppet Babies and Fraggle Rock show an artist going well above and beyond the call of duty to create stunningly detailed, highly entertaining children's comics. Many franchise comics of the time were dismissed, and the line eventually folded, but not before it saw Severin turn in some of the best work of her career.
1: Artists in the field of comics are very, very skilled, because on one page, you might have a helicopter up here coming down to... The- Passing the Statue of Liberty, where some lady is being held captive by a guy in a Nazi uniform, you've got to know all that stuff or have an excellent um, morgue, what we call a research more Uniforms, buildings, skylines, um, even television cameras and, and, and uh, the lights and all of that stuff. You never know what you're going to be drawing. You never know what's going to come up in a story.
0: Severin's aptitude for play and frivolity while turning out grade A gallery-ready pages was one of her strong suits as an artist and it is through parody that she would get the chance to shine. Comics like Crazy Magazine, Marvel's Answer to Mad, and the self parodying Not Brand Ech were two titles on which she did a significant amount of work. She would later refer to Not Brand Ech as her favorite assignment, as it finally allowed her to reflect what she had deeply felt to be a sincere sort of goofiness present in superhero comics across the board. To that effect, Severin also made several cameos in Marvel Comics, including a brief appearance in Miss Marvel Number 1 in 1977, during which she is comically dismayed at having her work interrupted by daily bugle hijinks. Her contributions as a colorist in the issue likely makes her the first woman artist to have worked on a Carol Danvers story. While Severin would openly admit to being annoyed or frustrated by the standard boys' club antics she encountered throughout her career, she also maintained a surprisingly positive attitude appearing mostly to have just been happy to have been given the opportunity to work as an artist and thereby to do what she truly loved doing in life. Despite being the only woman artist on EC staff in her early days, she professed to have had a great time working on a team that included her older brother, and supposed that her position as a colorist allowed her peers to view her as an asset rather than competition. Meanwhile, even though her work through Marvel saw some frustration as she seemed more aware of her own treatment as being less important as a woman artist, her love for the work seemed to have kept her spirits relatively high throughout her career. During her time at EC and later at Marvel, Severn was expected to have a greater understanding of each and every detail of the production process than the majority of her peers. It went without saying that as a woman artist, any mistake in the chain could be easily used to reflect badly on her skill as an artist. Likewise, she didn't click particularly well with her peers socially and felt generally alienated by what she felt was male gossip. Loosely masked as networking. Keeping her own counsel and maintaining an air of warm professionalism, Severin managed to stay with the company in various positions until her retirement. Later working on licensing and special projects, even after she had more or less ceased producing artwork for them. In an interview with Sci-Fi Wire, comics creator Colleen Doran Remembered Marie's influence on her choice of career.
1: She was one of the few women working in comics when I got into comics. There have always been women in comics. People like to say there there was no one around, but not only was she around, but she was very important at Marvel while I was growing up. And she was the acting art director of Marvel, which a lot of people don't know. She's done everything. She was a colorist. She was a letterer. She was a, a, a draftsman. She was an inker, and she was tough.
0: As with most women creators, even when her work was acknowledged, it was kind of a mixed bag. In his biography on Bill Gaines, Frank Jacobs asserted that Marie's Catholic background had led her to be dismayed by her jobs as a colorist for EC, sometimes coloring panels in solid shades to indicate that she was displeased with her work. This appears to be entirely an unfounded allegation, as Severin herself repeatedly stated that her choices were creatively felt, and that as a professional artist she was really quite mortified by the implication that she would attempt to overtake the editing of the work. Instead, she insisted that unique color-coding of graphically violent scenes not only made them pop in a different and more creative way, but would offer an extra buffer against censorship by adding an artistic element to the gore. This is all true. Her work at EC is notable specifically because of these creative choices, regardless of allegations of attempting to control the narrative from her place in the assembly line. Quite to the contrary, she supported and approved of EC's horror line late into her career and insisted that showing terrible things was just as much a part of art's overall importance as showing more pleasant or aesthetically pleasing things could be. Even later, she was given the opportunity to remaster her old EC pages when they were recollected for trades, and she took the job with the relish of someone who had never lost her love for the art form. In an interview with Evening Magazine, Severin's joy is clear.
1: And the powers he has are fantastic. What sort of career is this for a grown woman? It's a riot, it keeps me young.
0: <laughs> there is no doubt that Marie Severin was a true original. And while the brevity of many of her stints and her role as a jack of all trades has actually limited our ability to view her complete legacy by making it difficult to collect into single volumes, there's no doubt that she earned every bit of the renown she has posthumously received. It is true that without many of the original artists of Marvel, there would be no Marvel. But Severin's specific ability to fill in exactly when and where she was needed reads back as being some kind of superpower in and of itself. While we can't go back in time and give her the epic, career-defining runs that her peers received, we can still always look back in awe at someone that helped develop Marvel Comics into the multimedia monolith we know it as today. Forgotten Women of Genre is a production of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Today's episode was written by Sarah Sentry and read by Preeti Chibber and produced by Cher Martinetti. You can find the script of this episode and so much more at scififangirls.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at scififangirls.